But of course, the centers for for both teams were also having a battle. Yeah. There. I mean, the forwards, I guess, uh, Cody Riley uh, for UCLA, and and it's just, it was a uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, Timmy. That's right, Timmy. Every time we got the ball. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined once again by D-Bot Donald Paz. What's up, dude? Yo, what's going on, Alex? How you been, brother? I've been good, man. I've been excited watching opening day baseball. It's good to see our reigning, defending world champion Los Angeles Dodgers doing the damn thing, man. I, I didn't realize how much I missed baseball. Like, I knew I missed baseball, and spring training doesn't do it justice, you know, until you see games that matter, and it's like, ah. I'm so glad baseball's back, right? Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm on the same. Be- I'm on the same boat too with that one, dude. It's, it's cool. It's it's it. I I'm the the, the whole stress of it coming back. You know, there, it wasn't there <laughs> in spring training, stress. and now it is. So I love yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, these are like the games that matters. Uh, the games that matter now. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like th- this is for keeps. This is us defending the title. So. And it's exciting, even though they were the Dodgers opened up. We'll talk about the Dodgers later. But before we get started, we got to give a uh, shout out to our media partner, Blue Wire Hustle. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Blue Wire Hustle. And our boy who's MIA today, still missing in action, still working on assignment, Sonny Amano from the Fox Great Podcast. Be sure to check him out on Instagram and check out his podcast, the Fox Great Podcast. But on on Instagram, he's at the Fox Great. It's a hell of a podcast if you're a vinyl collector or just a music lover a music uh about the music culture as a whole it's a good listen man he's he puts together a really good podcast not to say that this podcast you're listening to right now isn't good you should listen to both of them it's like a like an a b you know like um <laughs> a side and a b side if you will i yeah. would say we're probably the b side right like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no for sure but we it's are. like a hidden gem a hidden, a hidden gem b side is that that's yeah. us that's the west box score podcast <laughs> fox creates the a side we're the b side but Still like, oh man, which one do I like better? I like them both. Hopefully yeah. you like both of them. Big shout out. Make sure to check out uh, check out Donald and myself on Twitter at WestBoxScore. And check out our Discord, man. Donald's yep. doing the damn thing on our Discord. Big shout out to uh, Billy Delgado on the Discord. Big big shout out to uh, money, Big Money Matt. My, uh, Matt uh, Paz out there, dude. Thanks for uh, check, checking us out on Instagram. Uh, putting up your Instagram stories. We love that stuff, dude. Yeah. That's great. So we appreciate the love. And uh, it's all love here on West Box Score, man. It's mainly LA love, Cali love. That's how we do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got a new review. Oh, that's right. How about be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts. If you do, give us a, a you know one to five star review, whatever your heart desires, and uh, you know give us that rating, but also give us the review. Write a couple sentences, man. We appreciate that because that helps us out on the out the old Apple algorithm. You know, Tim Cook uh, putting us out there for everybody to listen, man. Because if it's like, you know, like a band that you like is small. That's hopefully that's like us, right? We're a small band you like. And if we get a little big, you're like, ah, oh, I don't like them anymore. Yeah. But trust me, we'll always rap. We always appreciate the love, man. So we have one one another five star review here, right, Donald? We got a five star review from MDL eighteen. User MDL eighteen. Shout out to you, big man. Big shouts. And the title of this review is I Love LA. Nice. Five star review. He says, If you do too, this is the podcast for you. Great energy wow. with a deep focus on the entire LA sports scene. Wow, I love that, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Write that little review there. Write that. Give us those five stars. 
to match the LA Galaxy five stars. Yeah. Really appreciate that. <laughs> That's nice, man. That's really I really appreciate the love there. That's why we, you know, we do this podcast for us LA natives who are from LA, rep LA. And sometimes we have that. I have that tunnel vision. Dbot doesn't have it. Knows too much. <laughs> he's very. He's. He tries to stay straight and narrow, right? Plays, yeah. Calls it even, right down yeah. the middle, daddy. Like Look at both sides of the coin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like Bill Alfonso, ECW original. Remember that guy, Rob Van Dam's manager with yeah, the whistle? Yeah, that's he right. He would blow the whistle right down the middle, daddy. That's, that's, so that's D-Bot right there. He's right down the middle. He's not going to play favorites. He's going to call it even. But I'm not going to lie. I'm biased. I, these are my <laughs> LA teams. I'm, I'm a root for them no matter what. Even even when they're right, even when they're wrong, that's yeah. my those are my teams. <laughs> so, speaking of doing wrong right now, let's talk about the uh, the purple and gold of the L.A. Lakers. Uh, they took on the Clippers uh, yesterday, man, in the uh, Battle of L.A., the Battle of Staples Center, and I guess you could say that Los Angeles is blue and red right now, or black and white. What colors do the Clippers wear? Uh, <laughs> Clipper Pablo, where are you at? <laughs> Tell these Clippers to to make up their minds with their colors over here. So, Deepak, break it down for us. How are our Lakers doing right now? Um, they're not looking too good. Uh, they lost one eighty six to one hundred four against the Clippers over the weekend. Actually, over Easter Sunday, the game was at twelve thirty mm-hmm. p.m. Uh, L.A. time, and yeah, the the Lakers just looked really depleted. It was it was I don't know. I felt like that was gonna happen. I. I, I had sent uh, a couple messages and it didn't feel like a lot of Laker Nation was really buzzing about this game. Like they weren't really like they were. I think most of the people were like watching it. Like this is the thing about like the L.A. scene is that like we're very pacifist. And if if we have better yeah. things to do, we probably will go and do those things. Um, so I think a lot of people <laughs> were like, oh, yeah, it's Easter Sunday. Like I got to go be with my family at 1230 p.m. Like I'm not yeah. going to watch uh, a LeBron-less and 80-less uh, Lakers team <laughs> play against, you know, our cross, you know, locker room rivals here who are actually a lot better looking given that they have their two-star players. So, right. obviously, with that, I think that reflected the game for the most part. I mean, the Lakers just looked like they were struggling to get anything going. Um, for the most part, the uh, stats-wise, uh, Montrez Herald had 19 points, and he came off the bench because the starters were Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, Marcus Saul, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Dennis Schroeder. And Harold mm-hmm. was the one that had the most points at 19. Yeah. Um, Taylor Horn Tucker had 16 points, but I mean, 19 points and 16 are really low for being like high scoring, like being the best players of the game. Um, but that definitely tells you like the big drop off that this team has gone through since losing out on AD and LeBron. And then most currently right now, um, Andre Drummond. Um, we were excited last week about Drummond coming on. Right? Yeah. And we were looking forward to it. And then uh, that game happened, the first game that he started as a Laker. And then he gets a toe uh, contusion. And now he has it out with a toe injury. And I think as of right now, I mean, it's kind of a day-to-day thing. But he was out that game. And then he was out the following game. Then he was out again against this Clippers game. So, I mean, it just feels like right now the injury bug is just hitting the Lakers at the wrong time. And uh, I think for the most part, I mean, if you're a discouraged Laker fan like we are right now, obviously, Mm -hmm. just understand that, uh, you know, like Sonny said a couple weeks back, like AD and LeBron are the Lakers. And and now we're seeing that that's that's really what it is. And uh, we're not going to, fortunately, Kuzma, Slim Kuzi, as he's known now with the blonde hair, because he's looking like Slim Shady, Um, you know. The the Caruso is not a Caruso anymore without LeBron and AD there, so it's just it's right. like all the superpowers are gone, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. But um, 
Uh, hopefully, they they Lakers and Clippers play against next. Uh, ne- they play again next month in May. So hopefully, come May, uh, both teams will be at full strength, and hopefully, we'll see a better matchup. So yeah, and, but the Lakers definitely don't have an easy road, right? What they they got the Raptors coming up next. They yes. got the Heat. Yeah. Re- finals rematch and they got the nets uh like oh my goodness man yeah. well the knickerbockers after that but it doesn't it doesn't get any easier down the road right there's like about a month and a half still to go right the middle of may is when the season wraps up so you need to get these guys back healthy right but do you do you rush them like i remember you and sunny both said you guys wanted uh ad back like like the day like the the first game of the playoffs right yeah at this point they're i mean they're holding on to the fifth seed could they slip could they slip out there's no it kind of feels like right i mean given what you just said right now about the matchups that are coming up it feels like they could i mean you got the raptors the heat the nets the knicks um all all guys that you know all teams that are doing really well in the playoff bracket Mm -hmm. it'd be different if there were like back-to-back like games against the sacramento kings you know, or like the Warriors or someone that's like a teams that have are not going anywhere. But th- it looks like those those matchups against those kind of teams are are few. Like there's not a lot. I mean, their last game is against the Pelicans. I see here only the Kings are playing once, but then they're playing the Mavericks like a couple times. Um, they're playing the Nuggets a couple times. They're playing the Raptors a couple times. They're playing the Trailblazers. Damian Lillard. I mean, Jeez. it just feels like there's little room for error. I mean. You got to figure out how to hold on in uh, in that in that playoff bracket, how to hold on at least in the top four so that, you know, um, you get some sort of home court advantage. But I mean, it just going to be kind of weird if they have to go on the road. And it feels like worst case scenario, that could be what it is. They go on the road for the playoffs. There's no rest for the Riri with this team right now, man. And it's just like you just you want to lick your wounds and, and get healthy, number one. But you hope this uh, when LeBron does come back he comes back to a team that's still in in the playoffs and not fighting for like the final playoff spot it's it's i mean it's yeah or the playing spot you know what i mean they're gonna have a plan so can you imagine that from defending champions to playing into the playoffs man yeah exactly that's it's insane man especially if you look at compared to the clippers right clippers got the blazers the suns the rockets blazers and suns are good rockets no good then they're playing the Pistons, who are not great either. And then they're playing the Pacers, who are also like an okay team. Nothing you could totally win that. Then they play the Pistons again, and it just doesn't look like the the Lakers. I mean, they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, they're getting a lot of teams that are not competing at all for a playoff spot. So it's just day and night the way the Clippers and Lakers schedule is looking like, and it's only because LeBron and AD are out. <laughs> like it's just in- right. insane. It's too. The two biggest players on the team, it's gonna happen that way. It's just gonna the way that those two guys go, the way the team goes, right? So, yes, those two guys out, it's gonna affect the entire team. It's a trickle down effect. But I love the uh, audacity of Clipper Pablo trying to feed into my gambling addiction that he knows I have, trying to make this Lakers Clippers game interesting with me before the tip off. Mm. I'm like, of course, I'm not gonna bet you. Like <laughs> the yeah. two best players on the from the Lakers are out. You guys are at full strength. Like, what what do you expect's gonna happen? And he's <laughs> like, "All oh, right, next one, of course, dude, of course." I love the way he's just fishing, fishing for free money. Just <laughs> all his Venmo account is all my degenerate gambling bets from Lakers Clippers, and you know, at any time the you know Dodgers are playing anybody else, he just wants to antagonize me. That's the way he is. Clipper Pablo, an antagonizer. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> but man, we'll see. You know who the Lakers need right now? Somebody from this uh, UCLA or Gonzaga squad. Yeah. Because that <laughs> UCLA-Gonzaga 
game, the Final Four matchup, might have been up there with probably the best basketball games. Not just oh, college yeah. or and pro, just basketball game, period. Get best basketball game I've ever seen. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. And mind you, I don't have a rooting... Uh, yes, I was rooting for UCLA. You know, they're from LA. But I'm not a UCLA hardcore guy. I'm an SC guy. But, you know, I'm not going to hate on the fact that UCLA... We've gone over this, right? Yeah. About UCLA versus USC. Yeah. I would say USC for football, definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. But basketball, like, you got you got to respect the legacy the UCLA Bruins have put out on the hardwood there. So, you, of course, you're rooting for them, the hometown team. But as just somebody who's, like, could care either way, what a game. Right, Donald? Yeah. What did you think? I mean, dude, that was edge of your seat, thrilling, nail-biting game. Um, I watched it starting at the second half i saw a little bit nice. of the first half like the first five minutes and i think i messaged on the discord like oh dang like um you know uh was it gonzaga was at the time gonzaga was a 12 and a half point favorite and i said ucla's mm-hmm. keeping it close like right this is crazy like if you took ucla plus the points you made a lot of money right now um but mm-hmm. the thing is is that like I was surprised to see UCLA keep it close, you know, because it's just like Gonzaga just like, you know, beat USC by like 20 points. And they look like they've been beating every other team like by blowouts. So it was insane to see UCLA keep up with it. And I think that's what got me on top of it being a UCLA game. It was just like, yo, this is a good basketball game overall. This is like Mm -hmm. competitive, even though. And it's crazy because like the story with UCLA is that they came from, uh, was it first four in, right? They they had right, to yeah. play to get into this tournament, and it was mm-hmm. a number eleven seed versus a number one seed. Gonzaga's been undefeated, and you kind of—I mean, there was at times when I started—I started watching the full game from for sure from the second half and on to the end. And I, there was times where I was like, "I think UCLA could take this. Like, they yeah. look like they could do it. I mean, they have to be perfect, but they could—they looks like they could pull it off. But it, it did feel like this was going to be the type of game where the winning team was only going to win by like a like one or like two or three points or something like that it wasn't going to go crazy but yeah i think as the game was i think at the end of the game like i I saw the the lines again and gonzaga was a 14 and a half point favorite so i'm assuming come second half they they increased it by two points but i'm like dude if you still took ucla plus the points you made a lot of money so um yeah (laughs) it was insane to see like how close that game was i think i remember gonzaga being like only pulling ahead by like eight points at some at certain spots But then UCLA would come back and it would just be like, what the heck is going on? You know, I think at one point the biggest lead UCLA had was like a six point lead. Yeah. But this entire this entire game was so back and forth from the middle of the first half all the way through where it felt like the team with the last possession is going to win this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And UCLA much. had the ball toward the end of regulation. Yeah. It's like they're, they're going to do it. They got this. They got this. It was tied. Of course, they got this. They have the. Sh- they have a shot at winning the game here. And they lollygagged the ball up the court with like something like I felt like it was ten seconds, like yeah, under ten seconds that. to go. Yeah, the turnover. Like, what, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Take get in there and work a shot, and yeah. they didn't. Yeah, and because of that, they went to overtime. And oh my god, that freaking overtime! Yeah, was all Gonzaga. Was very heavily Gonzaga. Yeah, and do you see how he cuts into the lead? Cuts into the lead. And they, t- <laughs> one of the final possessions, right, with about ten seconds to go, what Juzang was yeah, it? Juzang. I believe. Yeah, uh, 
misses a shot, yep. gets his own rebound, yep. makes it, and it's like, oh, crap, he ties it in overtime with three seconds to go. And this guy from Gonzaga, I, his name escapes me, but he Jaylen is a, a, Suggs. incredible. Suggs, that's right. Unbelievable. The whole game, This the, the, if it, it felt like a one-on-one really between both of these guys because they, they yeah. both of these guys yeah. were the star players, right? I loved it. But, of course, the centers for, for both teams were also having a battle. Yeah. Game. I mean the forwards, I guess. Uh, Cody Riley uh, for UCLA, and and Drew it's just, it was a uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, Timmy. That's right, Timmy. Every time he got the ball, <laughs> um, and it was just a fun game. Yeah. Like back and forth. Once again, if you're a fan of like, if you're a hardcore fan of both teams, I, I feel for your nerves because I, I'm sorry <laughs> that that was a real back and forth nail biter. Yeah. So of course, if you're UCLA man. Heartbreaking way to lose. Totally yeah. understand. Yeah, because th- th- like I said, Suggs hits it at half court, right? Yeah. At yeah, at, as time's expiring for Gonzaga to win. Tough. And it's just, I mean, from the penthouse to the doghouse in seconds, right? Yeah, like as, as a UCLA fan, so, as we've seen all over social media, and it's it's sad. Yeah, to, to lose that weight, but it's also you got to keep your chin up because that was a game for the ages, man. Yeah. Some, it sucks that somebody's going to lose that game. Yeah, obviously there's a winner and loser always, but man, if you're going to go out, UCLA went out on their sword, man. Yeah, that's the way to go out, like a true warrior, yeah. a true team battling. Yep. So don't, don't I don't want to hear. I've seen so much stuff too, like oh that was a lucky shot, yeah, and then Bill Plasky the the. Windbag Bill Plasky <laughs> saying UCLA deserved better. Yeah, deserved better than losing heroically that way. Yeah, what better do you want? Yes, of course, better winning obviously. Yeah. But no, if you're gonna lose, you you lost in a very heroic way. Big ups to this UCLA basketball team, man. This that was team awesome. Was fun to watch. That was fun. Yeah, no, for sure, I agree with you. I did see Skip Bayless say the the lucky shot tweet. <laughs> And then he said, he come on, Skip. He said, call me Skip Baylor for Monday night. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I guess he's like really anti-Gonzaga, which was Jesus. interesting. I was like, geez, dude. <laughs> what guy from Gonzaga stole his girl, man? Yeah. Damn, dude. It's funny. Jesus, I watched right? a uh, Jimmy Kimmel clip where he said like, oh, like, uh, like we still need to prove that this is like a real school, Gonzaga. Because for some reason, <laughs> we didn't realize that this was like an existing school. Um, it was like a funny Sounds little bit up. that he did, you know, talking about how good the team was, but yet no one knows the school like exists. So. <laughs> My favorite was you a couple weeks ago saying Gonzaga Bulldogs. That sounds like a generic school. Yeah, like, come on, exactly. Come on, come on, man. Give them a little respect. When they blanked what about out the on Garfield their name? Bulldogs? Yeah. <laughs> Give some respect to the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the Garfield Bulldogs, the British Bulldog. Yeah. Give them all respect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but what what a way to go out ucla basketball team big ups to you guys you guys went out on your sword true warriors man big ups to you guys so going up from the hardwood now to the baseball diamond oh yeah. man isn't man. it lovely i mean except for that baseball diamond in denver colorado my <laughs> course field man i i hate watching the dodgers play there it's just yeah. it's it's such a toss-up yeah. When you go there in the altitude and the fly ball turns into a 450-foot home run, it's just ridiculous. And no lead is safe ever. No. And But I was just so happy to see my daughters. And opening day didn't go the Dodgers' way, right? Uh, no. Kershaw got the start. Uh, Dodgers took a 8-5 to five loss. But uh, And what about that belly? <laughs> 
home run quotation oh, yeah. marks. That yeah, was that like, was wild. What a way to what a way to start the season, right? Yeah. Donald, what, what happened there? Yeah, like so Bellinger hits a home run, and it was supposed to be a two run home run had everything gone right. Um, <laughs> and and I, you know he hits it. it I think because of the confusion of the outfielder catching it and it falling off his glove and going out, mm-hmm. you know, into the home run stand, like, you know, Justin Turner runs, but then he comes back because he thought like it got caught. And then Co- right. uh, Cody Bellinger runs, you know, past him. Um, and I guess it's like they didn't realize that they crossed each other. So that definitely basically gave him the out uh, by rule. Yeah. And, and then they gave, I guess they awarded him only a single. But then he was out and it was like the weirdest thing to ever see like happen. It's like that rule in the book that's in the rule book that no one's yeah. ever exercised. And somehow now yeah. it was exercised. It was like, oh, damn. Paper pushers are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Paper pushing umps. Who re- who reads that rule book? I know, right? I was like, uh, so, that looked like an obvious home run. Just can we just get them. Like, in- just give him his home run. Just like, no, no, no. Like, Tur- Turner crossed them on running back. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love Bellinger gets so much flack on these memes for yeah. looking high all the yeah. time because his face looks like he's high. But Justin, he was, I mean, I was just as high as he was when I heard that call. Like, geez, are you serious? You're going you're gonna to call that? Yeah. So that was opening day. Moving ahead now, game two, Trevor Bauer gets his date Dodgers debut. Yeah. And he looked good going through six innings, yeah, right? He, he had did. a no-hitter going. He was dealing. Denver, Colorado, he, he looked good and... In that top of the seventh inning, you knew something was going to be up because he was out there for a while on the bases. You mm-hmm. know, he had the jacket on. He beat out. A, I think he he threw down a bunt and he beat it out. Mm-hmm. And every time a pitcher runs has to go around the bases, that always hurts them, right? Like yeah. they always come out that next inning a little shaky. Yeah, and it was shaky. I think he gave up two singles and two home runs in that inning. Yeah, and then uh, the bullpen didn't help him out either. Gave up six runs. Luckily, Dodgers still h- held on to win that game, eleven six. Yeah, and. Uh, so that was uh that was uh, on Friday night. Saturday night, Dodgers looked good again. Sunday, Dodgers win again. So Dodgers currently three and one start the season. We saw we got to see Kershaw, we got to see Bueller, we got to see uh Bauer, and we got to see Urias. Urias. Out of those four that we've seen so far, Donald, who's your ace? Oh man, I really love what Urias did. Um mm-hmm. I mean, six shutouts. That was impressive. So yeah, I mean, I love Bauer. I know you and I were texting about like how he was dealing that day, and and it was funny because it was literally on the sixth inning, and then the seventh inning he blows it, <laughs> and we we're like, oh right. crap, okay. But you know, like I like the swag and all that, and I do get that it's it, it, it. I think that kind of what bit him in the ass a little bit was the whole like him, you know, yeah. doing the Conor McGregor thing and kind of getting a little too cocky, and you know, the other teams right. catch that stuff, and I think that's the only thing that kind of like would 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 kind of hurt him a little bit. And then again, it doesn't help that David Price comes in after him and, and also um, allows... That's right. For, David Price is the one who gave up a couple home yeah, runs Yeah, so it was just like Good. big... It got, got us deep in the hole. I honestly thought like this game was going to get tied by the end of it and that we'd have to go to extra innings because I was like, dude, this is getting too easy for, for the Rockies. And the thing is, you yeah. can never sleep on black men, dude. You just can't. Yeah. And um, it's just one of those Trevor things. Story. Caught, yeah, exactly. Story team. too, yeah. So it's just one of there's certain guys on those teams that you can't sleep on, and it just felt like oh man. But overall, pitcher dude, like I really liked Urias. He looks like he finished the World Series and is continuing it from that. You know what I mean? So that's that's yeah. who's my that's who I would put as my ace if it was me. Isn't it's an embarrassment of riches right now with our Dodgers uh, 
rotation. Today, uh, well, as we're recording this on a Monday afternoon, Dustin May takes on the Oakland A's. So it's like, man, okay, so that's our fifth starter. Yeah. And I I really like May as our fifth starter. That's where yeah. I feel like where he belongs, has to prove himself a little bit more. Yeah. I could see them interchanging him with Gosselin maybe a little bit later down the, down the line mm-hmm. or just until Price, you know, gets to where he needs to be and he'll be our fifth starter right yeah because that's where i feel like the lineup should go right the, yeah the, the pitching rotation rather and man that's just so many arms slam diego calling you out <laughs> you darvish blake snell okay you got a nice little one-two punch down there and i know if sunny were here he'd go down the other three guys in that slam diego rotation but those are the ones that stick out to me the most because those are the big names they picked up yep uh i forget their other um their other their actual ace who's out all this year with Tommy John surgery. So it's it's a Dodgers division to, to lose again, mm-hmm. I feel like this year. I mean, mind you, with a four-game sample size, this is me like already shock us in for another division title. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is just me with my LA my LA biased eyes, as always. But they look they looked good against a, a formidable foe in the in the Colorado Rockies. I mean, let's see what they do now against you know the stronger teams uh in like a slam diego let's see what they look like against like um the the, the cubs who are going to be good oh the cubs you know yeah. let's let's see what they do against atlanta you know who i want to see them do good against is i can't wait They're playing later this this month and next month the houston astros who are 4 and 0 right now to start the season mm. and so i i just cannot wait for when the Astros come to Dodger Stadium and they will there will be fans there. <laughs> I'm gonna full disclosure here. I was looking up tickets yeah. for a Tuesday afternoon game. Yeah. Because all truth be told that that is gonna be my birthday and I wanted to give myself a birthday present of going to see live baseball because I've missed it so much. Yeah. Where I'd be willing to go to Anaheim to see the Houston Astros take on the <laughs> Angels. And it, trust me, I won't be rooting for either team. I'll just be vigorously rooting against the Houston Astros. Yeah. And of course, I get to see the one of the best players in all of baseball, Mike Trout. Yeah. The only reason I didn't, and here's you're gonna learn the economics here of this new COVID uh 2021 baseball season. You ready for this, Donald? Yeah, go. Nosebleed seats. Nosebleed seats, twelve dollars each. Okay. Mm. Twenty-four dollars. Okay, not bad. But and by the way, you can there's only certain tickets that are available for two packs. Okay. Other ones are like the four four pot the four person pods. Three person pods, six person pods, right? You have to buy them that way. Yeah. So this is one of the few that were a pair, a pair of tickets up in the nosebleeds. Okay, twelve dollars each, twenty four dollars. Parking, you got to pay for parking ahead of time because they won't let you use cash. Yeah. Parking, twenty dollars. Mm. Parking is as much as two tickets in the nosebleeds. Wow. So you're at forty four dollars. Okay, still not too bad. Whatever, I'm still in. It wasn't until I get to the final checkout and I see. 2021 service charge. Mm. What is a 2021 service charge? Maybe it's to pay for Lysol and more cleaning. Maybe it's that. <laughs> Either way, that service charge, whatever. The service charge is on everything, right? Yeah. Except this charge, $17.95. So you're almost at $20 there. It was mm. 60 bucks for two tickets and parking, though. But still, don't you think that's a bit excessive? What do you think, Donald? In all fairness, you're going to risk the Rona for this? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's interesting. That's an interesting number for the service charge, seventeen ninety five. Like it's, I don't know what is that based off of. Like I, I'm assuming, yes, it's probably like COVID related. Like probably to make sure, like you know, they could still buy supplies to make sure everything's sanitized and 
you know, they probably because they probably need to hire people to to wipe stuff down after the fact. But uh, I don't know. I mean, is that the only charge? Is still Ticketmaster gets a cut for their thing, and I'm assuming like all this other stuff. Like it just feels like it could be excessive after the fact if you add every single person, every single company involved in getting these t- tickets processed. You know? Yeah. I mean, I saw that, and I I'm like I backed out. For one, it's like, well, it's a day game after a night game. Mike Trout's probably going to get a day off at that point. Am I really going to, once again, go down all the way to Anaslime, risk the Rona, <laughs> and not be able to... It just really to, to hate on the Houston Astros. Yeah. Essentially, that's what I'm doing. I'm part of that Dodgers bandwagon <laughs> who's going all the way down there just to boo them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. Yeah, that's tough, dude. I, I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. I uh, just me, though. Right. Again, like I'm, I'm with you. I'm not in the group that would put like a billboard in front of the uh, Boston Red Sox stadium either. Uh, but uh, I saw that and I just thought, you guys, and trust me, at times I like to, I, I love a good trolling. I do. <laughs> I love a good jab. I do. But I saw that. I'm like, you realize how much this is going to bite us in the ass. Like, this, and you're, it's just so freaking dumb. It's not worth it right now. Nah. Don't spike the ball yet. We've won one championship with Mookie with Mookie Betts. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. But do you really want to insult the Boston Red Sox fan base? The biggest the biggest asshole fan base in all of sports. Cuz trust me, you you hit that hornet's nest, they're going to come back and sting us back with something else. Just you wait. Wait till Mookie Betts has a couple seasons that fall off and he's not as good as he once was. And you best believe they're going to come back with, oh, thanks for Kike. Thanks for Verdugo. Yeah, exactly. Billboards right back at us. Dude. You don't realize how dumb and it, it's, it's not necessary. It's, it's a bad look. It's not worth it. But what else would you expect from the Pantone 255 or 351, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Sonny's favorite uh, daughter supporter group. <laughs> I say that Sonny hates them. Sonny hates them too. So that's one thing we could agree on. I don't, I don't like that supporter group right now. That's just a dumb, unnecessary look right now. Um, but speaking of the Angels and Mike Trout, the Angels have themselves an impressive three and one record, don't they, Donald? Yes, they do. Um, I don't know if you saw the. Again, we have a you know mutual friend here, and we do have one by the name of Aaron who is a Chicago White Sox. A Aaron. A Aaron, and um, obviously he paid attention to this series because it was the Angels and the White Sox. And I remember uh, today we were talking over uh, the A Rod performance on the ESPN Sunday Night Channel because um, I guess. <laughs> He, they had uh, A-Rod uh, call the game. And um, it was interesting because, like, a big part of the whole Angels win, obviously, Shoei Yotani was pretty impressive. But it was just kind of funny seeing how, like, people were clowning on A-Rod's, like, kind of broadcast calls because he kept trying to guess everything ahead of time and all that. And it was interesting. But, <laughs> but um, it, it was just trying to channel his inner Tony Romo there. Yeah, something like that. And it was just kind of weird hearing him, you know, <laughs> try to, you know, I don't know, like what you try to do, you try to, yeah, basically Tony Romo it, and it was kind of annoying, but yeah. Then again, that's A Rod. He's trying to do the whole like I know this game better than everybody thing, and oh. um, it was interesting. But you know, the A's, you know, they're looking, they're looking really good right now. Um, I think that uh, they're definitely a team that that you might need to watch out for if you're in the American League. Um, you know, so that definitely speaks to the mm. franchise, maybe starting to turn a corner. You know, so. 
I mean, I think it's huge. And I mean, as of right now, they're in uh, they're they're in second place in the AL West. Uh, only one loss because, uh, of course, like you mentioned earlier, the Astros are perfect with four and zero. But um, man, they're they looking really impressive. So maybe uh, manager Joe Madden is just really getting something going with that crew. So I don't know. I think it's it's great. I think that um, it's good for the Angels to have some sort of competition going. But they're looking really good so far. I mean, against the White Sox, it was pretty impressive, you know, that they got, you know, three out of the one from that four four game series. And uh, we'll see how they look. But uh, yeah, so far they look really impressive. So I'm definitely keeping my eye on them now. Listen, everybody in the AL West, you got Sonny repping the Seattle Mariners. You got our good friend from work, Lita Martinez, representing the Oakland A's. And I got a lot of family down there in Anna Slime, which are the Angels. <laughs> I say Anna Slime as a term of endearment. <laughs> And a lot of family down there who roots for the Angels. So li- literally any of you three, I am rooting for you guys. Well, except for the Texas Rangers. You take out bo- all both those teams from Texas. Take out the Rangers. Take out the Astros. I just cannot stand any of those teams from Texas. For one, Globe Life Field, over 40,000 plus out there in the Texas Rangers Stadium. Did you see that, Donald? Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. It was it was interesting scene, and I gotta say that too about the Rockies too. It felt like those. The, the, I was like, dude, this looks really full, you know. Even <laughs> though I'm sure it wasn't like I'm sure it was like thirty or forty percent or whatever of the capacity, but it's like they really know how to make it look like there's a bunch of people there for opening day. And I think the Texas one, I, I was looking obviously it's a hundred percent open, I believe, from what I heard. Right. Um. Yeah. Last time, full capacity. Yeah. So it's just kind of like really interesting how they obviously. Not surprised that they would be that, you know. Well, it's so weird you say that because I was watching the highlights of the Angels games and they're like, oh, wow, this stadium looks pretty full. And actually more full than when I normally see it because the (laughs) Angels fans don't really turn out. Come on, be honest, Angels fans. You guys don't turn out much for your games, which is cool. Watch it at home. That's all good. But I I see a lot of empty seats when I see Angels games. The only time I see it full is when the Dodgers are in town, when the Yankees are in town, when the Red Sox are in town. Like, be honest, Angels fans. You know you don't show up to support your team, which is all good. But man, this, this I mean, it looked packed. And what? how much of it has to do with the spacing, right? Like you mentioned mm-hmm. in Denver. Yeah. So much spacing make, tends to make it maybe look a little bit more full. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure they have people that know how to do all that stuff. It's all marketing at the end of the day. So um, You think it's a lot of cardboard cutouts? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny seeing like the mixture of cardboard cutouts at certain places and like people in the same space. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, all right, I guess, you know. Oh, man. This guy's real stiff next to me. Anyway, uh, go- <laughs> going from the baseball diamond to the ice rink. Now, before we leave, we got to talk about our LA Kings, man, because it's... um. As we head to like the final few weeks of this season, there's about uh, well about five weeks or so, and uh, it's not looking good for our LA Kings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took out the Golden Knights out of uh, they took one of two, and it yep. makes you feel like okay, this is it. They took out the the, the top uh, the division leader, yeah, and they're gonna start turning things around here. They go to San, they host San Jose, and they drop both of them to San Jose, yeah, and it's just like well, the season's not over. But it feels like this is the point of time where we could look back and be like, this is where their season ended. Yeah. And I'm trying not to be too pessimistic about it, but man, it's hard not to. Yeah. When you lose so convincingly, uh, three nothing first in the first game and then three to two. Mm-hmm. Mind you, you're not you don't have a home crowd. Yeah. But you're on home ice. Yeah. 
So you have you're sleeping in your own bed. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be more comfortable. You know the boards better. Yeah. You you should just know how to win on your home rink. Yeah. And it it uh it feels it feels really dire. Yeah. Donald, what what did you think of of uh of these last two games or a few games? Yeah, right no, now? it looks really dire. Mathematically is where it starts to get really tough. I mean, the Kings are at 34 points, but then like you know, the top four teams right now, Avalanche are at 54 points, Golden Knights at 50 mm-hmm. points, Wild at 48, and then Coyote at 41. And then the Kings being at 34, they're behind the Blues and the Sharks who have 38, which means like they need to, they would have to win at this point for sure. They have to win and then the Blues and the Sharks have to fall, or the Coyote have to fall like so that they can catch up to them. But I mean, when you think about like the math of it and the pacing of that, it doesn't feel like it's going to be, um, I don't feel like it's doable. I think, you know, it would, you, I mean, because all you could do is win. But at the same time, if all the other teams win, then it doesn't do anything for you. So mathematically, it's yeah. where it gets tough for me, especially with um, so many, so few games left in the, in the, in the right. season. So I don't know, man. Again looking really bad it it is it is and i'm gonna try try to be optimistic here they have two games coming up against phoenix next right Mm -hmm. potentially you know four point swings right yeah win both those games you're right back in it anything could happen you know you got a few games now and you have that four game stretch against the anaheim mighty ducks yeah which are the bottom feeding team right now yep but they the kings haven't found a way to really beat up on the ducks no, yet. They didn't. So it's like, man, this team really needs to find ways to beat the ducks who are in last and gain some ground. Mm-hmm. And this team shows this team shows glimmers of glimmers of hope defensively. Yeah. Defensively, they're starting to get mo- way more sound. Yeah. But I saw a stat recently that offensively they're putting up numbers as bad as the Buffalo Sabres. Props to uh, Buffalo for winning eight games. Single digits. Yeah. They've only won eight games this whole season Jeez. so far. Out of 37 games, they've only won eight. And they are putting up better offensive goals in this last stretch than the Kings are right now. So that shows you how dire offensively the Kings are. Yeah. What's the answer? I I mean, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because uh, deep, the hardest thing to do, first off, is to stop goals in the NHL. Their Kings are starting to do that now play better defensively and you move outward and stretch the puck out fast break it up on the ice yeah and bury the puck they are not burying the puck right now Mm-mm. and until they could do that they're they're just going to be there at the bottom of the west division near the bottom right now with the anaheim mighty ducks so yeah. i don't know donald we need we need a, we need wayne gretzky to suit back up i think <laughs> yeah man i mean goals for 98 to Goals against 102 is a is is not good. You can't. You're minus four differential. Meanwhile, the Avalanche are plus 38 on the. I mean, uh, they're at 49 differential, I should say, and Golden Knights mm-hmm. are at 29 differential. So it seems like you said like it's just there's a lack of of goal scoring, and then at the same time like goal allowing. You know, uh, yeah, they sh- they can't be allowing that many goals either. So. It's like it just feels like, at, and the thing is with this Kings team is that there's they have moments where like they'll go on like a five zero win, you know, like they'll just win five nothing yeah. against somebody, yeah. and then the next day it'll be like like three losses in a row, and it's like whoa, like we thought you guys were like cooking for a while, 
and then they're not. And I don't know. I, I, is it just because this team's like, you know, mixed? It's a mixed bag of like really young dudes that still need to develop and, and old veterans that, um, you know, don't really have it to consistently win day in and day out. Um, it just feels like it. It just feels like there's like a, like, like it's a strain of what direction does the club want to go? Do they want to go towards like just going in on all young guys and then maybe two, three, four seasons from now that'll, they'll be ready or do they, want to somehow you know have a bit of a win now thing but if the win now strategy is what they're going for it doesn't look like it's working right now so i I just i don't know yeah it's it's i wonder how much of it is the every other day schedule with the old guys right because that has to be tough on those old bodies especially like a drew dowdy Mm -hmm. kopitar jeff carter who went through some wars man in the 2012 you know through 2015 stretch of playoff you know yeah and they had they had themselves seven game series all of 2014, you know. Yeah. So those were tough, tough games, and those that's going to shorten up your your career yeah. for sure. So so that that has to be taking its toll, especially yeah. when you're sharing the ice with young guys who are go go go. Yeah, exactly. They, maybe they can't keep up. I think you're right, Donald. You're onto something there. Yeah. They should either go all in with these young guys and do and get what they can with the with these veterans. I would as much as it would pay me to see Kopitar, Dowdy you know, leave the Kings team, I think it might be time, man. Yeah. I know I always say, like, get rid of Dowdy, get rid of Dowdy. Yeah. But yeah. it would hurt, man. It would definitely hurt. But yeah. I think you, you got to pull the trigger on some of these trades. Yeah. And even, like, quick, too, man. I mean, goalie's a big oh. part of the goals allowed. So it's interesting that every time I open up, you know, my sports app to watch, you know, what the schedule is for the day on the Kings side, it's always, like, Jonathan Quick expected to be on. And I'm like, I love the dude, man. But, I mean, how much longer does he really have? And, uh... I don't know. I think yeah. it's one of those things where the Kings have a lot of hard questions to answer. And they oh, yeah, they got they sure. got to be honest with themselves, you know. Well, every time we lose to the Sharks like we have, I I can't help but look in that net and think, "Man, we let the wrong goalie go. We let Martin Jones yeah. go when maybe we should have kept him and let Quick go." Yeah. But right after the 2012 season, they rewarded Quick with a big like 10-year contract. I mean, they rewarded all these Kings players, right? And rightfully so, right? Yeah. At the time, we thought like, "Well, we got to keep our core together." Yeah. I mean, eight years later, it's like, or going on nine now. Maybe what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> what were we thinking? You know. So, but that's a good thing is at least those contracts are coming up soon, and they could focus on the younger players and you know developing players that we could hopefully sign or you know trade away for. So yeah. Let's see, man. It's just hockey's fun to watch. You know, yeah, exactly. so we're just enjoying these games. Uh, but D-Bot, fantasy hockey, you're still looking pretty good in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Rick beat me last week, and that was my fault for not uh, updating my lineups. Um, and it was ah. funny because even you at two, he didn't tell me like that we were playing each other. So obviously I had some guys on like day-to-day and some guys that one guy was like on IR. So um I ended up losing him. That's my second loss of the whole season. Um, so then what happened is like, obviously I was a little bothered. I was like, you know, I've only lost, I mean, I only lost the first game of the season cause I didn't know what I was doing with fantasy hockey. I was like, I don't know how this works. So, um, <laughs> and then I, um, what is SOG? Yeah. <laughs> Shots on goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, how do these point? how does this point works? How do I know when I actually win? You know, um, I feel like you're the old lady meme looking at the computer. SOG. Yeah. <laughs> like- exactly dude and then um but yeah so then what ended up happening is like i only had one loss 
And then I had a good like seven win streak going. And um, I think I only tied once at one point. And then I met Rick because I beat him the first time, which was like the second, third season, third week, I should say, the second or third mm-hmm. week. And then I met him last week, the week, two weeks from now, actually. And he beat me. And it was because I didn't update Ugh. my lineup. So, you know, he was number one and I was number two. But now my last game actually tied it. I, there was a draw. So my record is now officially better than Rick's. So I'm back to number one. Nice. And the Southside goons are number two. <laughs> I'm ready for you or Rick. I just want to see a finals matchup between the two of you. <laughs> I think that would be very fitting. And then may the best fantasy team win yeah. at that point. I'm just I'm just going to be there for the UCLA Gonzaga matchup <laughs> between you you and uh, Rick at that point. I'm just here for the show. Yeah. Just, no, no vested interest. Just want to see a, a lights out battle, back and forth battle between the two of you. So, Dbot, before we go, you know what week this is. This is not just any normal week. This is not rivalry week. This is not hell week. This is WrestleMania week. <laughs> the best week of all weeks of the whole calendar year. You got Monday Night Raw. You got the Hall of Fame ceremony on the day after that. You got NXT Stand and Deliver Night 1. Mm. NXT Stand and Deliver Night 2. You got SmackDown on Friday night. Then you got Night 1 of WrestleMania on Saturday. Then you got Night 2 of WrestleMania on Sunday. Then you got the Raw after WrestleMania. <laughs> then you got Tuesday Night SmackDown. I mean, sorry, Tuesday Night NXT. Yeah. They're debuting now on NXT. That's right. Yeah, they're I moving. I have been exhausted already just talking about that. <laughs> Dbot, in all honesty, I know we're going to record a podcast about this. Yes. How excited are you and how much of that content can you actually take in? Um, I'm really excited for it. Because I'm hoping that it it's not going to be like last year. Um, that was like the worst one I've ever seen. And uh, I know I'm being really <laughs> harsh by saying that. But I just, you know, I... And they deserve it, though. That's the thing. Like, you know, it was weird. It's like you guys should have just like, I don't know, either skipped it or like moved it back or something. I don't know. But I don't know what the solution would have been. You know what I mean? It was April or was it April that, you know, it was only like a month after the shutdown. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I should be a little forgiving. But I just feel like it just felt like kind of... I don't know. It just felt a little too prideful to do it, to like kind of move forward with it. Um, given that like there was so so much uncertainty about the pandemic and COVID and and, and not knowing what was ha- going to happen next. But yeah, man, I mean, this year I'm really looking forward to it. I think like when we did the Royal Rumble, it was awesome. Like it kind of helped me kind of figure out, okay, like I could see how they're building these stories up. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of the stuff. I'm looking forward to like Bad Bunny I'm looking forward to the Bianca Belair because I thought that was great. I think the women's is like looking really good right now. Like I like the both matches. I like that they moved up Rhea Ripley. I think it's it's only fitting that the uh, the second place winner of the Royal Rumble, I should say, right. gets the gets the chance at the other title. You know, which is the yes. Raw title. I don't know why with the men's very sports like it makes sense. Yeah, in the men's it's like oh, okay, Edge won, so he chooses Roman Reigns. So now we got to figure out what to do with the other title match. And I guess right now it's what Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, I believe. Yes. So yes, we'll see that, how that one that's goes. That's going to be the night one uh, title match. Do you think that the and, Hurt Business I mean, will reunite that night? Like, they, man, they have to. Man. They'll bail I can't out. Believe they broke that up. They have to, right? The Hurt Business is one of the coolest factions on that on that show. So it's really disappointing, man. But I'm just excited that night one they've announced Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair will main event oh, the event. I didn't even hear that. So wow, yes, that's insane. So well deserved. It's very fitting. 
Yes, absolutely. Because you know those two women are gonna put on a match for the ages. Yeah. And 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 it's and it's good because how can Bobby Lashley, no offense to Bobby Lashley and the hurt business when they reunite, hopefully, how can Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre like follow up that match? I'm pretty sure that match be Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair is going to be a five star match. Yeah. Shouts out to Dave Meltzer because it's got it's those two women are so athletic and so entertaining and so great at their characters yeah. that they are going to put on a hell of a show. I honestly think, in all honesty, I don't know if that's the match I'm most looking forward to in this WrestleMania weekend or Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, one of those two, and then a really close second or a close third, rather, rather is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because mm. yeah. those two can go yeah those two are gonna if okay so i'm looking forward to those two women's matches but i'm really sure kevin Owens, sammy Zayn may steal wrestlemania mm. if they let them if they can do what they want to do yeah if they let them do what they can do yeah so i mean man and then the unsung this is my prediction right now the unsung hero the or the unsung match of this whole event is gonna be that bad bunny Miz match. yeah I really think so because I think we're going to be pretty impressed with what ba- what Bad Bunny can do. Yeah, yeah. I think so, or maybe I'm just being super optimistic <laughs> for because I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a, that's like the fun match, like the whole like s- similar to Zayn, but Zayn and are going to have a little bit more performance behind it. Um, mm-hmm. which you know, talking about uh, Zami Zayn, I was I was talking to Rick earlier and I had told him like, dude, I'm really loving that whole like kind of QAnon type of thing that he's doing with this with this character <laughs> yeah. like like that trailer that he showed uh logan paul that day on smackdown was amazing um uh, i didn't realize yeah. like they did they did that that they piece something together like that and then it's like this whole like kind of reveal of a QAnon conspiracy and then like uh right. then cena what's his name uh um kevin owens come in and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna like gonna correct you or something like so you could stop believing in stupid things or something like that it's like so funny like there's a bit of a comedic element to it and you know those two guys can go at it like they're really good as wrestlers so it was just a good they are the best really well balanced i think that match is going to be the most balanced and i'm with you i think i would not be surprised if that's the one that ends up taking the cake at wrestlemania i agree and just very similar to sasha banks and bianca belair like these are two people who are really good at their characters who know their characters inside and out and perform them so well perform the characters well, and then are very athletic in the ring as well. So I'm telling you, those two matches are worth subscribing to the Peacock Network just to check out this <laughs> WrestleMania. This episode of West Box Score this week is brought to you by the Peacock Network. Subscribe at peacock.com <laughs> forward slash WrestleMania. Hopefully that gets us a couple of codes, right, Don? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I think that might have worked. <laughs> yeah, you can finally see Lebowski. <laughs> Yes, you gotta see Lebowski, man. You got to. <laughs> um, Dbot, I think that's gotta be it for us this week. We gotta get ready to go check out um, WrestleMania, but uh, be sure to follow Dbot and I on Twitter at WestBoxScore. Be sure to follow our buddy Sunny and Mono. His podcast is the Fox Crate Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast downloaded, and be sure to check out our media partner Blue Wire Hustle. They're on Twitter at Blue Wire Hustle. And be sure to check us out on Discord. Big shouts out to Billy Delgado. Big shouts out to Big Money Matt Files out there. Thank you guys so much for following us on Discord and on Twitter. That's it for us this week. See ya. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>